If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Very good afternoon to you, our cherished and descending listeners. It's another beautiful and blessed Wednesday, and we here at Multimedia are happy to bring you another exciting edition of your favorite business development program on radio, Masterclass. Masterclass is powered by Joy Business and brought to us by Goyle. Goyle Good Energy, Goyle Yenara Yedia. Masterclass is also brought to us by GCB, GCB, your bank for life. My name, as always, and I'm happy to bring you today's edition of Masterclass. Here on the show on Masterclass, we've been talking about investments and becoming investment ready. Last week, we spent time with Mr. Richard Edu Dacon of First Code Management Services. Mr. Edu Dacon, if you're listening to us, a very good afternoon to you and thank you for spending time with us here on the show. We'll be talking about investments and I promised at the end of the show last week that we're going to continue in that vein of conversation because we're at that part of our development process where we no longer do things on our own. So the word is no longer I, but the word is now we. Together, we can do a lot more. The acronym TEAM, or the word TEAM, also is an acronym that says together, everyone achieves more. So we're looking at partnerships, we're looking at collaborations, we're looking at working together. Someone gets up and says, listen, I also want to go into the, the manufacturing of shoes, for example. And that's what you do in your business. But I don't want to start and reinvent the wheel. You're already doing it. You've had a company that's already investing in shoes. How can we partner together? You are, let's say, turning over a million CDs a year in terms of profit at the end of everything. I've got some five million CDs that I've come into either by inheritance or by a bank loan or by, by whatever means. And I want to put that money into your business so that together we can work and make the good profit. But before I put that money into your business, I will ask you certain questions. And those are the conversations we're going to be having today. What are the questions that an investor will be looking at? your books, your finances. Today, we're privileged to have back with us in the studio. You notice I'm smiling a lot, or if you're listening to us, you can tell by my voice that I'm smiling a lot because we have another friend of the show, uh, an uncle, a great man by all standards. I'll read his resume shortly and you understand why. He's been here on the show before. He's also from First Good Management Service and is, is the person of Mr. Kwao DeGraft Johnson. You're welcome back to the show, sir. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to have you back. <laughs> Because we got some great feedback when you were on the show earlier on about how you sort of shared and laid out the information and people sort of related to it and 
and found some, some good information in there. So I have little doubt or, you know, I'm hopeful that my people here on the show today will also benefit very greatly from what we're about to share. We keep talking about being investor ready. We keep talking about positioning yourself, doing the right things. We've talked about policy. We've talked about corporate governance. We've talked about the position of the law. We've talked about the regulators, what they are looking out for. Today, we want to dwell a bit more on your finances and your books. We keep talking about it because we want people to learn and we don't need to reinvent the wheel ourselves. But just a bit about Mr. Quadri Graf Johnson, if you missed the first time he was here, he's a senior consultant for First Code Management Services Limited. And he's also a consultant with several years of experience. He's worked in both money markets and capital markets in Ghana. And he was the finance manager of SDC Group of Companies um, back in the day. He was an executive director of Purple Management Services, which specialized in project management and business advisory services. He also is the founder of Quao and Associates, which also focused on micro, small and medium scale enterprises. He's done a lot of work in this country. He's also been the director of companies in the transport, logistics, and haulage industry um, in the past. He's also done some work with KPMG, and his resume goes on and on and on. He's a, he has a kind of CV that I always say, when I grow up, I want to be like him. <laughs> there are a lot of people when I grow up, I want to be like. But that's because I'm hungry for knowledge. I want to learn. And the only way we can learn is to learn from our forerunners, the people who have gone ahead of us. Mr. Johnson, we've been talking a lot about being investor ready. Uh, our listeners, you know, own businesses. They are proprietors in their own right. Some of them have their own, they are CEOs. Some of them are also working for companies or they are partners in businesses or endeavors that have started. We do not need to reinvent the wheel ourselves. We've talked a lot about being investor ready, investment, investment from the perspective of the investor, what they look out for and all that. Today, we want to look at some best practices with a bit of emphasis on the finance aspect of it. And today, I promise that I'll try and open the phone lines a bit early because we're going to have a conversation. We'll not be throwing information at you. You know, when I spoke to Mr. Johnson last night, he says, yeah, I don't want to be tests about my submission. And so I will not give you slides. Let's have a conversation. So we're going to have a conversation today. It'll be open. It'll be very relaxed. We'll share ideas. And when we open the phone lines, we want to hear your thoughts. What are you doing differently? Are you investor ready? If someone had a million dollars today and they say they want to put it in your company, are you ready? Have you ticked the boxes? What questions have you done yourself? What introspection have you done? Those are the questions that we'll be asking in today's conversation. Mr. Johnson, let's take the conversation away, maybe from a certain start point, and then we'll build it as we go along. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah. The challenge in our environment is that people haven't looked at investment from the perspective that it's a process. Mm. You don't get up one day and just say you are investor ready. Because the investor coming has a lot of things he's going to look at. Now, let me start with the fact that people think that in today's world, you have to have been in existence for, say, 10 years or 5 years and so on. There are people willing to invest with startups, young companies or young entrepreneurs because the dynamics change. Mm -hmm. And they want to see what you have that will convince them to put funds in. Because the investor has an, a, 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 a motive. He wants to have some return. He wants to have some capital gains. And that is his motive. And you need to be in a position to let them be convinced that you are ready for that. And since you're going to look at it from the bottom line, it doesn't matter which way you look at it, there's going to be a point where the numbers are going to speak for themselves. Now, when you tell many people that Keeping your financial records properly 
is a necessity. They think, oh, I want to draw tags, I want to, they won't keep the records properly. For example, a business owner has never declared dividends, right? For a long time. Um, you are not even sure how he's making um, drawings from the company and, you know. So as soon as a third party comes in to start a due diligence, financial due diligence, a lot of questions are posed. Mm. So the question then becomes, why are investors not closing deals with um, potential um, companies that can? And those are the issues. You're not being honest. You're not being transparent. A little due diligence suddenly reveals that some things are not what they are. They can't see policy supporting the financial, you know. So your track record does matter. So if your financial model doesn't give confidence, nobody's going to put money in there. Mm. Yeah. So we just want people out there to know that, look, uh, you can start now. We at First Code, for example, are always out helping people to position themselves to be investor ready. Because they need to understand what the investor is out for. They need to um, recognize the, the expectations they have and then put themselves in a the position to meet um, their expectations. So... I think I can land here and then. Yes, uh, as, a, as, a, as a preamble. Now, before you go into into your 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 next couple of points, something just occurred to me. You know, as you spoke and, and gave your preamble, that sometimes it's not necessarily that business owners want to do the wrong thing. We'll come to that bit. I mean, if it's the wrong thing you're doing, clearly, um, then it's a decision you need to make. But sometimes it's not because people want to do the wrong thing. It's just because they don't know any better, and probably they don't also know best practice and they're not averting their minds to learn same. I say this because there's a lot of things that are changing today in our world. And because we're talking about business, let's talk about business. Even the way of doing business is changing. Definitely. We talk about the new work ethic, the new work approach, the new work order. Things are beginning to change even in the way we work. So sometimes people just don't know any better. Can we just sort of share some thoughts on, uh, just very briefly if you like, you can just touch on a few points, on what best practice examples are you know with respect to this conversation on becoming investor ready yeah. let's just say that you want to do things right for the sake of doing things right yeah. how do you do things right with your finances with your recruitment with your um, your policies with your corporate governance process with your customer service with your regulators you know your relationship with your regulators how do you do right by these things in an ever-changing environment which keeps changing i mean we go to bed last night wake up this morning and things have changed yeah it's difficult to keep up. How does a business owner who set up his business just to make small profits or to be relevant keep up with all of these things that were not part of his original? Yes. Know? I think I'll start with having banking relationships. Mm. You necessarily have to have a bank account. And you have to religiously ensure that almost every transaction is passing through your banking system. That when you receive money, let it go into the bank account, take out money, so that there's some kind of track record always available. Then anybody can come in there to help you. You also need to realize these things are supported by um, policies. Saying That means, let it be clear. You, you, some companies don't even have a manual or procedures or policies. Let everybody know how these accounts are managed, how money is spent, right? Um, let's see whether you have meetings to support what you are doing right that the moment you start to go that way that 
you are being checked by documents you have put in place and you the owner or the management are sticking to it you are starting to do the right thing because your auditors will come they will always give you a management letter or tell you some of the things that were weaknesses or shortfalls to guide you example is taxation mm -hmm. they would let you know exactly what you do because if the you are not tax compliance and it's a serious risk area for anybody wanting to come in see so um if you start to look at that aspect, you are getting somewhere. Another thing is, again, you mentioned recruitment. You have to look at it, the competence changes. So you have to be bold to know whether somebody is not delivering and mm -hmm. if you have to move the person out to go that way because it will matter to an investor when it comes to talking to the management team to assess their technical competence or the, 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 the vision behind it. And sometimes you find that some people are not Delivery. You know, Mr. Johnson, I'll just give you an example of yeah. this particular point of recruitment before you go yeah. on. So I was, should I say privileged or otherwise, yeah. <laughs> to have been part of a process where a company I used to work for yeah. was going through the possibility of investor um, input. So we're look, um, the company was looking to bring on board investors. Yeah. Now the investors requested to speak to every um, management Advanced staff, staff. In an institution. Yeah. At that point, I was responsible for, you know, part of the, of the process. So they walked into, of course, they would have booked appointments and everything. They walk into your office and in that room, in that meeting, you are the company. Yeah. And you should be the authority on everything that has to do with your yeah. work area. Yeah. Now, of course, there's a politics of it where they try and get additional information where they would not have otherwise well, received in the boardroom and all that's of true. that. But it's not exactly a very comforting experience to sit in a room with an investor who wants to speak directly to each manager. Yeah. And at the end of this process, they did write a report and they did indicate that certain colleagues of, of ours were not very strong in their role. Yeah. And therefore, the recommendation was to let them go. Yeah. And this is an investor. Yes. You know, just to buttress the point you're yes. making that you can't sit in your company and think that, you know, you are, you are everything... The moment an investor comes in, yeah. they're comparing you to best practice. Yes. And so it's important to always keep your mind on what's happening in the world. I just wanted to support the point you were making. Yes. Uh, um, and that is one of the um, issues that come up consistently that um, we haven't got to the level, many companies, that if you bring an investor into your company, chances are some of your staff will go. Some people have to stay back. And that, should I call it threat, prevents some from taking on that decision. They, they take it that as soon as an investor comes, I'm going to cede managerial control. I'm going to be, uh, well, maybe just a shareholder and they will run things and, you know. But the point is, <laughs> you, you are going to enjoy dividend and, and, and uh, returns at a much higher level. Mm -hmm. But because of some of those things, people try to dance around. Maybe the owner or the owners haven't shared their vision very well with the management team. So they are not seeing the same thing. Right. And the investor picks it up very quickly and says, no, these people are not set. How much money do we even need in this company? Mm -hmm. uh, they are not sure. What are the future prospects? And your management team, everybody is saying something different. It, 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 it doesn't give a good sign at mm -hmm. all. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that because, again, I was having a conversation with someone this week about 
work, generally work, and what their perspective was on, on the things that they do. And they did mention that they are taking a keen interest in the business that was being run. This was somebody in part of the operation, and they wanted to know the financial position of the company. They had taken a personal step to know the financial position of the company yeah. because they had resolved in their minds that, granted that everything else was done properly, the financial position would be key in yeah. determining whether or not the company would continue to exist or otherwise. Yes. They are people who are in companies, other than, let's say, the owners or the managers, who are only concerned about their area of work and not necessarily the big picture or the entire picture. And, you know, you mentioned that, but I want you to harp on that a bit, why it's important in the conversation on being investor-ready, that everybody at a certain level of responsibility, I don't even want to use the word management, at a certain level of responsibility close to the top, should have a certain understanding of the entire position of the yeah. company and where they're going. It's part of being investor ready. Yeah. Yes. You will be surprised that uh, some companies don't share their financial <laughs> statements with mm. <laughs> all the management, you see. And nobody takes them through to explain the status of the company in terms of what we call ratio analysis to, to let them understand whether the company is growing or not whether the market share is changing and so on. All these are sort of coming together in what we call the financial statements. Mm -hmm. They've asked auditors to come and do that. So whatever you've done is sort of being capsuled in that financial statement. So when the questions are coming and they want to know your market share and you have no strategy that your market share, you can defend the market share or increase it is going to affect the numbers in the future mm -hmm. so when they're asking questions they are interested in the growth prospect and they are asking to know whether these numbers you understand them what efforts what decisions and so on you know when COVID came all of a sudden everybody was using the word strategic so in, <laughs> in first code like this we had to do a number of programs with some companies just to let them understand because COVID had taken them off and they had no um, scenarios in place to adjust for such market shocks and so forth. So then I had to go back to address issues and so on. You know, some people have done very well, they've come out, but some just listened to what was going on. Now people work from the home and so on. But the point is an investor coming might ask you, what happens if, and you have no clue, do you really know your competitors? What about what is happening elsewhere? What preparedness? You know, all these things feature. And that's why I'm saying that when um, somebody in, let's say, sales just does his own and sits down and the financials come in, he's not being told just exactly the impact his numbers are having and so forth and so forth. It, 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 it just doesn't go far enough to be investor prepared. Mm, mm. So it's absolutely important to have an idea of all of these numbers. It's very, very necessary. Right. If you just tune in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation. We're having a conversation here with Mr. Kwao Degrab Johnson of the First Code Management Services. And we're extending our conversation on being investor ready. Do you have a business of any sort? We'll be getting interactive shortly. We want to hear your thoughts, your story. How are you running your company? What are the challenges you're going through? Are you benchmarking against best practice? Are you doing the right thing? Or it's my company, so I do it my way and I don't answer to anyone. Is that the perspective that you have of what you're doing? The world is changing today. How can we change along with it and become better. We continue in our conversation. I wanted to ask this 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 question earlier on. We've talked about recruitment, we've talked about policies, we've talked about other things. What's how important is it that there is record kept of should I say relationship with a regulator in any line of business? Uh, 
How, how does that become important or why is that important for an investor that you should have a, a, a good working relationship with, with your regulator? And when I say good working relationship, it's yeah. not just relationship for the sake of relationship, but no breaches. Yeah. Which means you are doing the right thing. You're following, yes. <laughs> you know, the regulations. <laughs> whether in health, whether it was with Hefra or with finance, yeah. with DOG, with SEC, whatever business you are in. You know, the law is sometimes you have to look at it black and white. You are either in compliance or not in compliance, and mm. when you're not in compliance, the penalties just follow. Mm. And the last thing an investor wants is to come and invest in a company that is going to end up having problems with tax or breaches and so on. Um, the foreign investor knows that in his part of the world, these things are readily and strictly adhered to. So when they are coming into your country, they want to make sure that they are not going to have problems with that. For example, um, in the days we were in KPMG, we discovered that some companies, when they were coming to the country, they just asked, who are the four top accountant firms there? We want them because they will protect us. Those days, tax and all those things were part of the preview. You, you get me? But they didn't want to. Um, can you suggest a lawyer, a good lawyer in the corporate space, mm -hmm. so that he'll tell us the right thing? So they go out looking for the experts in those to make sure that they don't have any problem with yeah. the law. But here, we sometimes think we can always talk our way out of challenges, but <laughs> not when you are bringing in an outside party. Mm -hmm. They won't tolerate that kind of thing, especially in the area of tax, mm -hmm. you know. And that is one of the, 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 the reasons why uh, some people are not just ready for him because they feel that some of their practices may change. Uh, let's take a simple example. Um, every once in a while, when somebody goes to give bribe out there and it comes out maybe years after and big boys have been embarrassed. I was reading something on Coca-Cola. So, ah, so yes, that is the system. So you don't, it's not, it's not tolerated. Mm. So you can't be operating that type of system and have them join you. Mm -hmm. Because sooner or later, something will come up and they can be held responsible and liable in their countries. Mm -hmm. So it's not uh, acceptable at all to, to play that kind of game when you want a serious investor. And that's why we're talking about upping the game that if you want to get international standards, one mm -hmm. of the things, I'm sure Richard spoke a lot of that for you to understand, yeah. you have to stick to the rules. And actually when you, you are compliant, it's very easy for you to assess a lot of funds and other benefits because then the track record follows you. You know How much money is available? I don't want to say how much money, I'm not looking for a figure, but let's talk a bit about the availability of funds across the world so that our listeners i know our listeners know and understand already that there's money to be spent people are looking to place money in certain places but let's just share a few examples if you will i mean from where you sit i know that during COVID, for example as relief you know certain governments of certain countries issued that and doled out massive support yeah. even the government of ghana also gave some reliefs for yes. people who even had loans extended yeah. tenures yeah. you know money to be able to subsidize certain things yeah. there was money in the system people made fortunes yes out of something that was meant to support <laughs> them and looking to place some of these monies yes where is the money in the world that people are looking to place. Just share, let's share some. Because, oh, oh. I mean, off air, we're talking about venture capitalists, we're talking yeah. about fund managers. Yeah. How much money is available in the world and where are these monies? Just to give people an idea of what we're talking about. It's not just the one person who is per chance yeah. may want to put money. There's money that people wake up with every day and go back to chest. 
Yes. That doesn't get placed because yes. we don't pass the test. Yes. Let's talk a bit about the availability you, you of see, these monies. Where I sit, um, you'd be surprised at calls that come. I have 500,000 to invest. Where do I place the money? Especially this COVID time when Ghanaians, I'm talking about Ghanaians mm-hmm. in the diaspora who got quite a bit of money and wanted to invest. And the question keeps coming. And there was quite a lot of money selling available. Mm. And if we, we, we look at it from the perspective of Ghanaians alone and what kind of monies were available, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's well into the hundreds of millions. Because um, Dollars, you mean? Yeah, in, do- in dollar terms, you see. But the moment the question comes, where do I invest? Everybody starts having a challenge. Because the, that's why we say investor readiness. The sort of things that they want to know are not simply available. And sometimes the question comes, do you know the person well? <laughs> if, if I give that, then you're not in a position to because you don't even... Yeah, you see liability coming. Yes, yes. Because I ask you, if you know the person well, will you, are you prepared to? And you Love can't because you're not yet in that space to know just how rigidly the person has adhered to good practices, you see. So um, it becomes a challenge because sometimes too, the uh, investor who may be getting prepared hasn't put himself out there for a would-be uh, investor, potential investor to know that, oh, there are these... For example, we have local content laws, right? How many people are recognizing that? If the outside party wants to come in, he wants to, you know, link up with mm-hmm. a Ghanaian, joint venture or whatever other arrangements. And they're not even there. They haven't positioned themselves Capacity. to even attract attention. Capacity. Y- y- you see, so uh, that's why at first code we tell people, do you come to us and let's negotiate and start to put you out there yeah. a bit because then we can tell you know, in paternal sector, oh, these are the people currently interested in this. Which sector? Yeah. Oh, energy sector is going to come up with this new law. Mm-hmm. Look, there are some potential who might want to talk to you mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But... Uh, you have to raise the stakes of your business and come out that, yes, this is what I want. Because what I was telling earlier before we came in that, you asked some people that this business you created, did you create it to that with the intention of getting to a point and selling? And some people are surprised. Mm-hmm. So look, out there people set up businesses and Great, the intention, and yes. Some years want partners to be with them and then sustainably for a long time and are willing to, you know, cooperate that way. Others do know that they are techn- technocrats of some sort or technical people. They've invented something, they've, but they don't have capacity to manage, manage a company. Yeah. So they want, I've done this, you come and help us sell the product and expand it and so on. But many times when you ask, people take it like a treasure you, you, you want to pass on to your children. <laughs> and that alone stops a lot of things from happening. Mm. And the conversation that we are, you know, we're, we're having, there's, there's a point you made earlier which I just want to, you know, sort of happen. <clears throat> there's a little um, proverb in our language that says that don't, you know, the posture with which you borrow is not the same posture with which you pay. And that's also because most of our borrowing and our lending in our, in our communities is based on our promise of our word. But what we're saying is that to play in the corporate circles now, for somebody to place $500,000 in your business, it is not because you say you will pay. So, you know, somebody once said, don't tell me what you can do. Show me what you have done. So what we are saying here on the show today is that let the best practice that you have put in place, i.e., 
the best practice in your business documenting things yeah. attending meetings calling meetings not making unilateral decisions letting it show that due process has been followed yeah. showing the process flow between you and your regulator your finances yeah letting there be traction that shows growth yeah not magical growth yeah you say you are a 10 million dollar business in two years you have never called a meeting before. There are no minutes. Yeah. There are no financials. Everything is in your head. Yeah. Nobody will put money in that kind of yeah. business because they want your, your work to speak. Yes. Let your work speak. speak. Don't tell me. Yeah. Let your work speak. And have some uh, a business plan at least to support yes. your, your plan. So let, let's look at it from a banking perspective a bit. Uh, a banker is interested in the short-term returns. And he's not going to just give you money. Yeah. Uh, if you take the laws of the country... There are laws around deposits and so on, how to protect the depositors. And so um, there are regulations or guidelines as to how to take risks in giving the money out. So the banker is going to look at that from that perspective. It doesn't matter what you are going to say or so on. There is this thing at the back of the mind that how sure am I that this money will get back? How is it going to be paid? And what's my fallback situation? That's why bankers always ask about collateral. Yeah. Because they need to have some fallback position. Yeah. But when you're looking at um, an investor, the kind we want, they are coming in usually as equity partners, mm-hmm. or even if it's debt finance, long term. Yeah. And they are looking for growth, and they have different risk appetites mm-hmm. too. So that is the kind of um, investor or uh, one who's going to put in capital Mm -hmm. that you would want for that kind of business. So it shifts a bit when it's long term than when it's short term. Mm. Uh And those are some of the questions that... You know, I I promised I was going to open the phone lines early today. I I want us to get interactive so that our listeners can also um, be a part of it and ask um, a lot of questions. We have some messages from our sponsors here in the show today. And uh, we'll just take a quick message um, from our sponsors. When we come back, we'll, I want us to get interactive. All right. And then we can begin to take some comments and questions so, from yeah, some um, share our listeners so that they can also share their own practical yeah, experiences. experiences and then we can be better for it. We'll take a quick message. We'll be right back. on-air business development program Joy Business Masterclass is in session and you can interact with us on Facebook via the Joy 99.7 FM or Joy Business pages. If you tweet, the handle is at Joy 997 FM or at Joy Business GH. Don't forget to hashtag JB Masterclass. You can also call us on 0302-216541 or send your questions and contributions through to the WhatsApp number 551 Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 997 and our facilitators will address your concerns. Attention everyone, class is in progress. 
Welcome back. If you've just tuned in, this is Masterclass here on your Superstation Joy 99.7. We're getting interactive right away. Today we have continued with the conversation on investment and we're privileged to be joined in the studio by Mr. Kwao, the Grab Johnson of the First Good Management Service. Now we want to hear what you have to say. Numbers to call 0302216541 or you can also send us your comments on 0551111997. Is your company investor ready? What things have you put in place? What plans have you put in place? How have you managed yourself with all the information that we've been sharing? Let's hear your thoughts. Let's hear the steps that you have taken. Or if you need help, shout. Like we always say, ask those questions and we'll be happy to answer them here on the show. GCB has some wonderful information for us. If you're looking to pay your educational fees or urgent medical care or pop-up expenses or home makeovers or renovations or even take a vacation or travel, GCB is able to help you with your GCB personal loan. They're asking that we call on 0800-422-422. GCB, your bank for life. Goyle is also promising all of its customers, once you visit any of their stations, you can enjoy up to 2 persuas litre discount on every fuel that you purchase. Goyle, they say good energy, Goyle, Yenara, Yedi. And numbers to call again, 0302216541. Pick up that phone, give us a call. If you're driving, pal, means please do not text while you drive because we want you to arrive alive. But pick up that phone, give us a call. Is your business investor ready? Why did you set up your company? Are you doing things properly? Are you calling meetings? Are you doing the right thing? If somebody came today and wanted to place a million CDs in your business, would you be ready? Would you pass that litmus test? Let's hear from you. 302 You can also send us your comments on WhatsApp on 055 You were making that point. While we're waiting for the phone lines to ring, you were making, you were making that point earlier on about being investor ready and doing the right things in terms of best practice. Let's 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 continue with that thought. And then I'll ask there's a question that I is really on my mind about about data. Yeah. You know, off air we're talking about the fact that when an investor comes to you and asks a question and says, um, what is your relationship with your with your regulator, for example, they're not only going to be asking about the submission of your finances, for example, to your regulator. Yeah. They're going to want to know has there been meetings has there been minutes? What are the letters received, for example, from the regulator? There has to be evidence of that process. Yeah, a well-run company will normally have a file dedicated to the regulator. Mm. Um, copies of payments of maybe license fees, um, copies of um, updates on, on the requirements, um, reports when they made visits, and so forth. And that by itself. So if I walked into your company and I asked, uh, do you have any correspondence on, with GRE? Then you go and bring a file. And I'm leafing through and I see that. Mm -hmm. It tells me, oh, there's something going on. I ask for another, you bring it. it that's the kind of, but it's not that we ask and, um, um, wait, we are going to find it. And that haphazard approach doesn't <laughs> help at all. Means you don't have that focus. Mm -hmm. See, we tell people, look, um, looking for investor funds is not a serious business. Yeah. You, you don't take it to, to chance. Your, you and your team must sit down and make sure you are at it consistently. So you, you walk into a company and say, okay, um, um, do you have any, like we said earlier, do you have any policy on this? Who is uh, the interface with your tax or, or VAT or what? Mm -hmm. And you don't have. And each time it's uh, reactive. When they have come and slapped you after a review with penalties and things, then you respond. That is not what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. See, because like I'm saying, all this has a way of 
uh, affecting the bottom line. I've come across a company that snit uh, penalties over a four-year period because, you know, and then especially the VAT, they had also VAT. It was a very, very significant figure. Ooh. Oh, yes, because they hadn't bothered to pay and they came calculated, used the indexes, you know, uh, uh, rates, the penalty, penalty rates and things and so on, and they were significant. So now this is a liability. You pass it all to your bottom line. You are not doing much. Mm. Before they realized the importance of making these payments, they didn't see the risk until the inspectors came around and did that. You, you see? But that kind of situation can significantly affect your your liquidity, or should I say, your trading capital? Oh yes. Um, as the GRE, when they started doing their tax audits, I mean, the figures they come out with. Some people look at their business, and it, it's sometimes. Well, as you're looking at some of the COVID figures, mm-hmm. the, 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 the penalty computed is higher than the value uh, of, the of the turnover of the previous year. And they don't know how they got it because they just took it for granted. Mm-hmm. And it is there. This is, this is the law. This is this. You didn't pay at this time. We Everything is there black and white. So the best thing then is to go and negotiate some terms and so on and so forth. But that is when they realize the importance of making sure that these things are, you know, in, 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 in some jurisdictions, the easiest way to collapse somebody's business is go for him in the regulatory space with taxes and those sort of mm-hmm. things. If they violate, there are a whole lot of things you can get them on. But as a, as a company, um, is, it, is it, we're talking about doing the right thing. Yeah. Where do we draw the line? Will, will, will there be a margin of error? In compliance or is it possible to achieve 100 percent compliance you, you, you see you said earlier that there's a certain amount of ignorance and so we ask i mean like i'm saying i'm sitting here i'm in a space where all you have to do is walk there tell us which area you are uncertain about commissioners to do some kind of health check or uh, some other kind of due diligence for you then you know before the regulator comes mm-hmm. then you start to you know you don't wait till you are in trouble you see before you start because the the, the point is um uh it's not easy now because of uh, the technology mm-hmm. to dodge the regulator you know <laughs> because the information comes from different sources yeah. and it's easy to track you and things are being digitized as well. So, obviously, yeah. it's becoming smaller and smaller oh, yeah. and less easier to... Okay, I've got Na from Spintex. Good afternoon to you, Na. Uh, always a loyal listener. We should have you on the show sometime, Na. Um, <laughs> Na says, there are currently so many apps that purport to manage your company records, accounts, keep track of different things, analyze data. In this era of paperless record keeping, are phone app records acceptable to investors? Or they'd still like printouts of all those records. Okay, this is now from Spintex. Now wants to know whether um, digital record records are acceptable to um, investors, or they would require um, hard copy. But I'm I'm assuming it's things like certificates for investments made. You know, certain sensitive documentation. I mean, if it's just minutes, they can they can review that. But if it's certain legal documentation, title documentation, they may require to see. Um, originals. That's a question that Naya is asking. Yeah, I mean, there are some documents that definitely um, legal contracts or certain things, they're actually signed and stamped and all that. They are, they are there. 
But um, um, a large percentage of company data is in some digitized form. Mm. But then there are hard copies supporting quite a lot of transactions. Mm -hmm. You might send a, a soft copy, but you might follow sometimes within. The yeah. regulators, for example, nearly always want hard copy evidence. Sometimes when you deliver letters, mm -hmm. you even uh, make sure you return with a stamped coffee, cop yeah. copy yeah. for legal reasons. You don't want to get into trouble with um, um, the courts. For and when they ask you to come and prove something, <laughs> yeah. you don't have anything right. tangible to show. So it's a balance. It is a balance. I've got Harrison on the phone from Dodua. Good afternoon, Harrison. You're welcome to Masterclass. Uh, talk to us. Good afternoon. Uh, please, uh, I want to ask this simple question. Please go ahead. Okay, Harrison. first, when I started my business, uh, I want a PCC So I went to uh, GRA. And uh, in my first year of operation, they, when I, I went there for the task certificate, they asked me to pay a huge amount, about 3000 So I told them that. Uh, Tax, normally what I know or what I learned from school, tax is paid uh, after profit. When you declare profit, then you pay tax. My first year of business, I want this. They asked me to pay almost 3000 How do I pay? And it has, uh, it has made me, not, I, I was unable to pay and I couldn't get my TPC. Now, as, I, as a business owner, what I do is anytime I work, the company did that. Uh, five percent of that for my for my profit, and it becomes uh, a big um, challenge for we the startups because your first year is paid three thousand from GRE, and I mean it's something I don't understand. And I wish your resource person can verify this for us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harrison. Please keep listening. We'll try and answer that question. You, you heard Harrison. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to hold brief for the tax authorities just like that, but. Um, these figures are based on your projected turnover, the kind of business you are doing, and so forth. And usually, they will want some kind of deposit. I mean, a sort of prepayment. Um, so you can't just go and ask for a tax clearance certificate or something without making some kind of deposit. So um, there is that, that you need to have this understanding that it's always useful to go and make some payment. In fact, a lot of businesses in the past just decide that look every month let me go and pay the tax people maybe 500 or 200 uh, on account mm -hmm. they never got trouble with the tax authorities because they saw you as a good citizen always wanting to so when it's time and they calculate but you mentioned withholding tax you see you need to ensure that you are registered so that those withholding tax they actually tax payments for you, you see. So you need to follow up the process so that these become like payments on account for you. So that aspect, because if you, you keep doing business and the withholding taxes are being taken and you haven't put yourself in a position to have them um, credited for you on your behalf, mm -hmm. you're, 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 you're making a big mistake. It, it is part of your uh, uh, tax payments. But I think you should realize that the Tax man also has a friendly aspect to him. I don't know how you saw it, but just go to another tax person. So this is your challenge. Or if you like, come to us. We will yes. see what the case is and probably uh, find an uh, amicable solution for you. But the point that we must accept is that we always, we need to pay tax for countries to run. And 
as much as possible. Maybe sometimes people use high-handed taxi, but then we just have to accept that some monies must always go <laughs> to government, you know, to our society. When you said the taxman has a friendly side to him, it reminded me of, uh, of uh, uh, a resource person we had here on the show, Mr. Frimpong Corey, <laughs> and I referred to him as my friendly taxman. Um, I know so at some point in the show, we'll bring him back onto the show. Mr. Corey, if you're listening to us, a very good afternoon to you from Masterclass. And he sort of broke it down fast and helped us to understand yeah. that, you know, it's not, it's not only take, 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 yeah. but there, there are reliefs also, which yes. people don't, don't yes. know. You know, and I suppose that when we're talking about best practice, a good business is one that also knows about the tax reliefs and takes advantage of it. Yeah. Some of the wealthiest people in the world are people who have paid attention to their taxes. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, just one way, you know. Next week, we're sort of going to be continuing with the same conversation again. Okay. But let's sort of um, round up. If we remember nothing from our conversation today as businesses, as business owners, we've talked about recruitment, we've talked about best practice, we've talked about relationship with regulators, we've talked about making sure that simple things like keeping minutes in your board meetings, your financials, don't play with your financials because the data does not lie. There's something about data. It tells a story as it is. Yeah. So if you say, for example, you've done X volume of business, it, it should go with the X volume of output, but it should also go with the X volume of process. And sometimes we go straight to the output and we forget the process. Then when they're asking questions about the process, we are, we are found wanting. Yeah. What's, what's our take out from today's conversation? Yes, I think um, businesses must recognize that the investor is going to look at your track record, your historical uh, growth patterns. Then he's going to look at your futuristic prospects. But your futuristic prospects are going to depend on some assumptions. And if the assumptions are not realistic, he's going to reject it because he's going to look at industry, um, your, your, your strategies around market share, whether it's an evolving business, are you going to another type of business, if he's going to give you... Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. And in what kind of new business are you going to generate X, 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 X issues coming. And if you lied in your past, you can't say you are making a return of 5% for the last five years and suddenly tell him you are going to make a 60% return this year just because of X, Y. It doesn't make sense. And that is what we are in that. If, if, if you want to look out for an investor, look, have somebody um, look at your figures, mm -hmm. historical trend, give you I mean, there are a whole lot of racial analysis and things. Let them give you an idea of your present status mm -hmm. and then suggest ways and means of strength. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.